Hello, and welcome to this episode of Hammering Down. I'm your host, Keller Hodges, and I'm hoping you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. Before we get too far into this, I want to go ahead and thank my patrons. I want to thank Ben, Clay, Dylan, Matt, Matt, Paul, Ray, Sandy, Scott, Simon, Stephen, Trent, Trey, Tyler, Zach. As soon as I get to the T's, it always messes up my flow. I don't know why. I Whatever. I want to thank you all. I really appreciate it. And if you want to hear your name said on the show and get exclusive stats and... Uh, videos that I film and be able to download them, check out that link. Um, Look, it is another U.S. Open Cup match. And listen, Legion are making it to the third round, and the team, Birmingham Legion FC, have never made it past the third round, ever. So, (laughs) this is going to be the first time for everything, right? This is where Legion wants to make it to the fourth round for the first time. And not saying cup sets can't happen. Obviously, it can. But if things stay similar, I mean, San Antonio is playing Nashville. And Atlanta United is playing Memphis. If I'm San Antonio, that's the team I wanted to play the least, is in Nashville. Because they kind of play exactly how it beat San Antonio. Not saying they can't beat them, but they're kind of the perfect match. As for Atlanta, I mean, Memphis... I mean, again, cup sets can happen, but I don't see any way that Memphis beats an MLS side. It, despite their recent 3-0 win, they're just not very good. So, Legion win this match. They can almost guarantee a matchup with an MLS squad. But, standing in their way is Chattanooga FC, in which I will be wearing my Birmingham Hammers gear. Um... <laughs> That said, uh, it's not exactly like that will be intimidating for Chattanooga FC fans, considering the last time we played each other, I'm pretty sure we lost by like three, four goals. And <laughs> uh, this that was the year that the uh, Chattanooga FC was like the best ever. I think that was in 2017 where Chattanooga FC ended up making it to the finals, I believe, of the uh, NPSL. But I don't think most people actually really care about Hammer's history. You know, if we do, maybe we can talk about that on another episode. But here's the thing. There's already a little bit of a history between these two clubs. If you've been around for a while, you remember a little bit of Chattanooga FC. And if you've been around soccer for a while, you know who Chattanooga FC are. They are really one of the biggest clubs that you could find in the lower league world. For a while, they you could say they were probably the biggest club in the Southeast. This was before Atlanta United really became a thing. Um, the way that they've kind of grown and they've taken over and become this grassroots effort to being the like pro rel kings. They are, you know, Chattanooga was kind of everything that Detroit City said they were, and honestly, Chattanooga did it a little bit better. Um, that said, Chattanooga is also a just good team in general. And I said that these teams have a history. Heck, even this year, uh, they played in a friendly. Uh, Chattanooga FC pl- uh, came down to Birmingham, and they played uh, Birmingham Legion FC. And Chattanooga came away with a 1-0 win. Uh, it was a bunch of... It was a bunch of trialists on the pitch for Legion, and I'd say that's an excuse because, from my understanding, Legion had a chance to put away a penalty 
at the in the middle of the game, and they just straight up missed it. And it could have just been a draw or a Legion win had that penalty gone in. On top of that, there was apparently some bad blood. This is all allegedly. Um, but apparently there's a lot of bad blood between these two teams thanks to some interesting calls and for some uh, lack of calls and some rough play between the two. So this could get very feisty very quickly. And when you're going against a lower league team, right? For Legion, they are in the second division of uh, U.S. Soccer in the USL Championship, and Chattanooga FC is in NISA, which is in the third division. Chattanooga FC comes in with a chip on their shoulder. They automatically want to be the best. They want to show that they can hang with the big dogs. On top of that, they've already done it once in a preseason match. They have gone on since then. They have played three league games in NISA, where they have won on a total of an aggregate of <laughs> nine goals to nil. They beat Flower uh, City Union, which is a, a weird situation of itself, one nil thanks to a penalty. They beat uh, Albion San Diego five nil, and they end up beating Gold Star uh, Detroit Gold Star three nil, and. These were very impressive performances. In fact, I would say that the most shaky, the most poor performance they've had recently was actually their 4-1 win. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. 4-1 uh, win over the, uh, the Des Moines Menace in uh, the U.S. Open Cup. It was just, this is a very good team. So if you're sitting there saying like, okay, Kaylor, I hear what you're saying. They're a good team. We should be afraid, blah, blah, blah. Who should be looking out for? When you haven't given up a goal in three league matches, your first thought is to look at their keeper, which I'm, I'm going to try not to uh, mess up his name. Now, I know, I think I'm pretty sure his name, last name is Antoine. I, here's where I always get messed up with French or, you know, those kind of inspired names. Is it Jean or is it Jean? I don't know if it's Jean Antoine. I'm not sure. I'm going to say it looks like Jean. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> here's the thing though when you look at him and you look at how he's played don't get me wrong he's played very well his best match probably against uh albion where they won 5-0 and it sounds like well uh, i don't know how you can say that man i mean they there were some good shots taken against him including a, a goal opportunity that happened uh, later on in the match where number 16 for Albion took a shot on the edge of the 16 and it was a very, or on the edge of the six jar box, and it was a very good save. And this is kind of where I say I don't know if it's necessarily the keeper. because And this sounds incredibly rude. Whenever you see, especially, say, against their uh, the Flower City Union, the shots that he had taken against him were okay. They they really didn't challenge him very much. They didn't really do too much. And frankly, they missed a lot of opportunities. And you say, well, maybe the back line's really good. And you know what? Hey, I will say this. Their back line is pretty solid. They have come through and they've revamped this back line. And they have come through, and they have uh, this Perez, 
They have Bowers. They have, oh, here's the one that always gives me. He, he wears the number 97 for them. And, okay, I'm going to practice this one for a second. Give me just one moment. Prep Alitsa. Prep Alitsa. I think that's it. It's a Romanian name. Scares me. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen the little T with the little thing attached to it. But if I'm hearing it right, it's Prep Alitsa, which allegedly means quail in English. <laughs> but you know uh he's a guy that kind of plays this sort of center back sort of wide center back thing can kind of play right back the way he plays is really intriguing um seeing him uh kind of play off each other and him play uh, against Richard Dixon who Richard Dixon Dixon is their right back and they can become very compressed and also become very wide. Where Prepalista, I'm probably sounds I probably sound so stupid because it's probably very wrong. <laughs> um, but seeing those two on the right hand side play with each other is very intriguing. We also end up seeing Dixon go up and play a little bit of uh, midfield, which is where you end up kind of seeing Prepalisa kind of move over to that right side. So if you see a number 97 uh, for uh, for Chattanooga kind of move out wide and you see him who looked like he was playing a center back and see him just kind of move away from center back and play what looks more like a right back role, Go ahead and look in for that number four. Number The person who wears the number four is uh, Dixon. Out on the right side, they also have a guy named Stripling that plays a little bit out there. And he's a solid player as well. Um, he's no one that I get super uh, excited about. He's kind of a midfielder that also kind of plays center back, that also kind of plays midfield, that also kind of plays right back. He kind of confuses me. <laughs> um, I don't really know what his, I guess what his role is on the team because he does kind of play right back. He, in both matches that he's appeared in, he's been a right back, but historically, that's not really where he played. Um, if you look at Dixon, whom I've already talked about a lot, because he's kind of my, he's kind of my who are you kind of guy. He played a lot of defensive midfield, but he also played like this right mid that ended up playing a lot of like right back looking thing. And it's a really fine-tuned, very solid defense. And this is kind of where I say, I don't know if it's all about uh, Jean Antoine, right? Or Jean Antoine. I'm, golly, I should just stick with Antoine and not even try the first name. <laughs> um, but even then they give up a lot of chances and I'm not willing to say well you know if they played someone like Legion every single time they would be losing every game obviously they've already played Legion in the preseason they lost I am more kind of in the boat that if they play better teams in Nisa they might be conceding more of these chances because in the end, I'm not really sure where I sit, sit on this general, I guess, uh, like formation of the league. It, if I were to guess, if I were to, from what I've watched a very little bit of, 
I would say Chattanooga is obviously the best team in the league. Maryland Bobcats, maybe Michigan Stars, kind of the Clovers, sort of. I mean, kind of. It's very, very top-heavy where Chattanooga is clear in a way the best team in the league right now. And maybe whenever they get to playing the Bobcats, they get to playing the Stars and maybe the Clovers and whomever, so on and so forth, they are going to kind of start conceding. They're going to start losing a little bit more. And maybe not even just losing in the fact that they're not going to win at all, but just that's just kind of what it feels like to me. All that said, I need to talk about their attack. Because when you hear they have nine goals in three games with four or th- let me do some quick math. Three goals against uh, Gold Star. They have five goals against uh, Albion San Diego and then one goal against Flower City. You know, you expect for one guy to kind of be the talisman. You kind of expect one dude to kind of be the guy. And that's not really the case. They have the most goals that they have scored by one person is, I mean, they have, oh, I'm going to mess up his name too. He's uh, Mwape. I think it's Mwape, who is kind of a right-sided player. He is—he has two goals in two matches, and he is their kind of a right winger. And for some people who may not know him, he was with uh, Tormenta last year. And if I do recall correctly, I do believe that he might have been on the – in the squad he he didn't play against legion but he was in the squad that played against legion so he kind of knows you know what i'm saying so we have these guys like mwape who will be playing this right wing and they also have uh nagostad and nagostad is easily the best to me the best uh striker the best finisher on this team He's from Norway. He's a very, very good player where he's just constantly creating chances, just constantly, 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 constantly. I mean, if you look at his entire career, you know, and heck, even just say his entire career in the United States, dude's almost good for a goal a game. That's pretty good. (laughs) And on top of that, and not just how many chances he creates and not how many goals he scores, because he doesn't really come out and score a bunch of goals at once, except for one time he scored four goals against, uh, I don't even know, I guess it was not Flower, they weren't Flower City yet, but I don't even know which one they were. Um, <laughs> um, he scored four goals against them, but he's really just a one goal at a time. Where he's really good is his passing ability. And while he doesn't get really any assists, he still creates a lot of chances. And his ability just to pass into the box, pass into dangerous areas, creates a lot of issues for other teams. And this is where uh, Chattanooga is very dangerous. Chattanooga plays really pretty football. And it kind of makes me a little ill to say. I mean, Chattanooga FC, they play really pretty. They, every single one of their possessions seem to be this long build-up play that builds up quickly over time that they aren't exactly all bomb rush and go, right? They aren't 
completely like we are going to build up and build, or they're not just going to be like, oh, opening, run. Don't get me wrong. They can do that, but they are willing to break you down. They are willing to take the time. They're not willing to they're not as willing to just force the issue if they don't have to. If you go and look at their goals and a lot of their goal scoring opportunities, it's very pretty the way that they're able to play against each other. That said, is that because they're playing worst opposition in Nisa? And again, this is not me saying Nisa bad exactly, but the teams that they're playing in Nisa are bad. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, I... I think that maybe they won't have as much time against Legion. I think that if Legion come out and press like they normally do, then that's a decent counter to uh, Chattanooga. As no team has really tried it yet. I mean, there was a couple of times. I mean, Flower City kind of seemed like they were doing it. Albion put on a lot of pressure, but they also didn't. They were really just trying to press the ball. They only started really pressing the ball and started going after and trying to press again. So they, uh, Albion San Diego, they were just kind of lackadaisical, and then they got like three goals scored on them, and then they just started ramping up the pressure because they had to do anything to get back into the match. But other than that, nobody's really gone out there and pressed them. All that said, Chattanooga is also one of the most aggressive pressing teams that you're going to see. They are so heavily pressing, it's ridiculous. They will go the entire game press, 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 press. And it doesn't really give you a lot of time on the ball. And that's something that gave Legion a lot of trouble with Loudoun United against Loudoun United, part of the issue was the press. They were not really able to handle it as well, which kind of leads me to this. I think out of a lot of these lower division teams, Chattanooga FC, when you consider kind of the weakness of what we've seen this year, especially that Loudoun game, I wonder if this might be one of the worst teams we could have been drawn against. And I'm willing to... I guess come away from that point and say I don't think so because I think that they are one of the I think they are a truly great team I think that they are going to give Legion a lot of trouble but we've also seen in the past that Legion can break down a team who presses them you know, we talked about it with Loudon that the press is bad, but also that was the most lackadaisical performance and lack of intensity I've ever seen out of a Legion squad. I think that this is going to be a time where Legion has to come out and come out firing because they kind of have to. They have to come out and do something because they've never made it past the third round. I, I don't know how much longer Legion fans can deal with that. And to get into the fourth round for the first time, it's absolutely a chip on these guys' shoulders. And I think that they're going to come out with a certain amount of fire, a certain amount of intensity, and they're not going to be allowed themselves to be pressed um, like that. And if they do lose the ball, they're going to try to win the ball back. And we've seen with teams like Tormenta, for example, last year when Legion lost in the third round, 
Tormenta came out and they kind of stopped pressing them. They kind of stopped pressing the three sparks. They said, okay, have the ball. See what you can do with it. And guess what? It didn't work for Legion. And we've seen that a lot where teams will just kind of sit back and say, okay, have the ball. See what you can do. And that's kind of what happened against Phoenix this year where we were just like, meh. You know, do whatever you want. Yep, you can do whatever you want with that ball. It does not matter. It just does not matter. We don't care. And that's not going to be Chattanooga. So I think that this is going to lead them to being very, um, what's the word? I think it's going to lead for this to be a kind of a back and forth match, a bit of a track meet. And I think that Legion have better players than uh, Chattanooga have seen so some of those wide open shots that Chattanooga were facing because they faced a lot of wide open shots I think the three sparks will be able to put on a little bit more pressure on uh, Antoine I think that they are going to be able to take more shots at him because I mean I like I said he has not really been tested this year he just hasn't and the most shots that he's faced was in that Albion game where he faced four shots and everything else was deflected, and which means, hey, the defense is playing really, really well, but there's still lots of gaps in this team. And especially when they were playing this 4-1-4-1, I, I saw there was lots of gaps. There were lots of places where Chattanooga was giving up a ton of space that I believe that if you give that space to someone like Prosper Kasim or a Nico Brett or a, if he's healthy, Tyler Pasher, I think they pull the trigger and at least put it on target where that didn't really happen to Chattanooga this year. That said, all that said, this is still going to be a really good Chattanooga squad. They're going to push Legion. They're going to press them. And when they have the ball... It's not just going to be quick counterattack. And if it does result to long or these quick counterattacks where they just try to catch Legion sleeping, I if I'm willing to if I'm if I'm a betting man, that means Chattanooga's already losing. The only way I see them move to that, we're going to long ball, we're going to try to counterattack, we're going to just try to to play as fast as possible is if they're already losing. So expect for them to try to break down this team. Like I said, in preseason, they've already beaten us. And this is going to be a fiery match. If everything is true about there being bad blood between the two, then, you know, everything kind of leads toward Chattanooga's side for a cup set. Do I think that Chattanooga is going to get the cup set? I don't. I think that Legion can put enough pressure on. I think they can get into those dangerous areas. They can take advantage of these spots where, I mean, Chattanooga's only four matches into the season, and I don't think they're going to be tested. I don't think they've been tested like Legion are going to test them. And in the end, I think there's just more quality for Legion. That's said at the very end of the day, and I think I've said that said a lot, that's not really what I'm wanting to say as a transition. <laughs> I'm going to ask the question, and I want to make a statement. If I was Tommy Sun, 
if, if it was me, if I was Mr. Tommy's son, I personally would probably whoever is starting in net in this match for Legion is not going to be the person that starts against Hartford on Sunday. I, in my belief, I think that they are going to, if it was me, I would start whoever is not starting and have them be for temporarily the cup keeper, right? Because if Matt Van Okel comes out and plays, it's because they want him to get some match minutes. If Trevor goes out and plays, maybe they're giving him the hot hand, but also maybe it's saying, hey, Matt's taking over the reins, but you've earned your spot to, you know, get us through the playoffs. And you might see Trevor anyway, because he does have that history of saving penalties. And if this comes down to penalties, then advantage Trevor Spangenberg. But I, I just kind of see this unfolding in a way where I would personally start the other keeper. And I'm not saying that that's what Tommy Son is going to do. I'm not saying that that is the plan that, hey, whoever starts this game, you're not going to see him next week. Because that could be way wrong. They could just be trying to keep Trevor as hot as possible or just trying, you know, saying, hey, Matt's back. We're going to run it. But if it was me, that's what I would do. And there's nothing wrong with having a little GK competition because, hey, if these two guys are going, you know, blow for blow, you know, they are neck and neck in training and in matches then that spells good things for the three Sparks going forward, having two legitimately good players going forward, and also not just for this year, but for next year and onward. That's really about it for this episode. I I don't, if I miss someone, Chattanooga fans, um, let me know. Let me know who I missed. Let me know who I should have given a shout-out. Let me know why I'm wrong and, you know, what I did get right. Um, I really appreciate you all. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope to see you all tomorrow as I record this in Tuscaloosa. I'll be there, and I hope you will be too. Until next time, guys, keep hammering on.